2: When Rupert here was a student at Clifton High School, none of us, myself, his teachers, his classmates, dreamt that he would amount to a hill of beans. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave
3: and I'm one of the two hosts of this sparkling podcast. And I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this sparkling podcast. Think of me as Agent K to Dave's Agent Jay. I'm the grizzled old veteran and he's the young whippersnapper looking to take my place. That's very true, I am. (laughs) Uh, The premise
2: of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask, I guess, their best ever sequel, their worst ever sequel, and finally
3: their dream sequel. And, of course, we quite often drift off and talk about movies and sometimes life in general. This is a warning. We like to drop big spoilers. If we mention a film you don't
2: want to be spoiled, go away, put some washing on, clean your, you know, undies. Come back and it'll all be right. because in today's episode we are joined by Suze
3: Kempner. Suze is a brilliant, award-winning stand-up comedian and also a fantastic singer and a podcaster too. Check out her two podcasts. She does the Official Queen podcast and also a podcast called Mystery on the Rocks, which is all about cocktails and mysteries.
2: (laughs) We're very excited to sit down with Suze and chat all things sequels with her.
3: These are Suze Kempner's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy!
2: Can you remember the first sequel you watched when you were young or got excited about?
1: Oh, what a good question. Do you know, I'm sure this wasn't the first sequel I watched because I was nine, but The Return of Jafar... Yes! (laughs) Yes!
3: That's a good answer for Dave. I believe
1: that. is one of my one of my answers, isn't it? No, no, it's not actually. No, it wasn't one of the answers I go. It's Return of Jafar. I believe is one of the first um, of the like Disney legacy sequels that they started chucking out on video with like a fraction of the budget, mm. and it exists to be like a pilot for a Aladdin TV show that they were hoping they could make. But as a nine year old, I had absolutely like I was watching it and I had absolutely no idea that this was bad (laughs) (laughs) and and that the animation was not as good as Aladdin and that the script had obviously had less drafts and that I didn't even recognise like that's a different guy playing the genie yeah Mm. (laughs) did you uh, did you pre-order it like me (laughs) no it was (laughs) it was in Tesco I remember really well it came out just after my um, ninth birthday and I was in Tesco And I said, oh, can I have that with my birthday money? And my mum was like, sure. And then she had to endure that film being on all the time because my brother at the time would have been like six and a half. So the two of us just like, let's watch The Return of Jafar again. We didn't have any Disney films on VHS. Yeah, That was our one that Uh we owned. So we'd seen others through other people, but that was the only Disney film we had. So we thought it was the best one. It
2: it was (laughs) good at the time. I haven't revisited The Return of Jafar because I've like you I actually quite have hold quite good memories of uh, uh,
1: well I watched it again uh, for a show I was doing in 2018 my my 2018 Edinburgh show yeah. I was like oh I want to I want to talk about my first Disney film I own on VHS I'm going to watch The Return of Jafar again and it's fucking Awful. So, oh, is this a swear podcast? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah go for it. Yeah, swear as much. As oh, uh, yeah,
1: it's a, it's a fucking piece of fucking shit. It's it's just crap. It's really rubbish. Um, they've got uh Dan Castellaneta, the voice of Homer Simpson, doing the voice of Robin Williams, the genie, and then Robin Williams comes back for the third Aladdin yeah. film, the King of Thieves, which is better. Is I've okay. never watched that. But one. I don't think because of Robin Williams, it's better. It's like Aladdin's dad shows up, and there's like stuff about him. It's this, you know sins of the father stuff made palatable for kids, and <laughs> it's it's just a bit better. And Robin Williams is better than Dan Castellaneta being the genie. Does he
3: do an impression <laughs> of Robin Williams doing the genie? Is that the kind of a
1: little bit, but also not enough? <laughs> like <laughs> there's various bits where he like that's just the voice of Homer Simpson. He's going like, "Woo, it's me, <laughs> the genie." <laughs>
3: Oh, In wow. my head, it's like Homer Simpson doing an impression of Robin Williams doing the genie. <laughs> it, is a, it
1: is not unlike that, yeah. It,
2: does, it doesn't have any memorable songs that I can remember, right?
1: No, the, and they kind of make the protagonist Iago, the parrot, and it's Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Gilbert Gottlieb, that's his name, yeah. isn't it, yeah. um, R. O. P. and he has two songs, two big solos, and one of them is called... Uh, just forget about love, and it's like a loungy kind of. dude uh, Love is annoying. Love is, and he's like telling Aladdin to just get over it. Um, no, he's telling Jasmine to just get over it. And but it, but it's like his voice singing it, so it's like just forget about
2: love. <laughs> he's not a singer, is he? Bless him.
1: No, he's not. He's going for it in the film, but it's just it like it's one of those things where it's like oh, it'd be quite funny for him to sing a sweet kind of loungy love song um, for, for like, 15 seconds, but three minutes of it, you're like, oh, my eardrums.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh. So you were a big fan of the original Aladdin, I'm guessing. How did At uh, What age were I you? Mean, did you see that?
1: Yeah, I saw the original Aladdin when I was, I guess, eight. I know that people down our road had it, and they were... <laughs> my mum was like, they said you can go around there and watch Aladdin. <laughs> so, like, 1993, going round to, like, number six's house... <laughs> Who were called the Honeymoons. Their surname was Honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah, and they they had, like, these not very nice sons, but they let us watch Aladdin (laughs) (laughs) on their video. And I went round there, and they put on one time that... Did you ever see it? Uh, It was called, like, Freddy 007 or something. It was like a British animation about a frog that was a spy. No. It's rubbish. It's crap. <laughs> it was at the cinema in probably 92, 93. It's bad. But Grace Jones is really good in it. She's like a cool fish or something.
2: <laughs> I need to watch that now. Amazing. No sequels. To... I think it's
1: called Freddy 07 or something like that. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's this bad animation about a frog. And people are like, some crows are trying to steal the Tower of London. or I think. No. <laughs> i don't know i saw that aladdin stuck in my memory more yeah
3: yeah <laughs> oh wow oh wow i can't get over freddy... wow i've got to find this freddy Fred <sighs> thing now. i'm gonna
1: find it i'm gonna find it because it's gonna do my head in if i can't remember freddy there was james 07. pond the,
2: the mega drive or whatever That's...
1: yeah the mega drive game and the christmas fiend James Pond too. Oh yeah. It was like a Christmas theme. (laughs) Ah, Freddy as F R O seven. Yeah,
3: it's F R O -O seven, I found it.
1: Included so it's a parody of James Bond
3: They always do well.
1: It's voiced by Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley
3: and Jenny Agata, John (laughs) Sessions. (laughs) It's got Brian (laughs) blessed in it.
1: (laughs) It does have Grace Jones, I swear. Uh, oh, Jonathan Price plays Trilby, a sneaky member of the Secret Service. Amazing. Look at this cast, man. <laughs> the cast is ridiculous. Jenny Agatha. What kind of animation oh, is it? James Earl it... Jones. <laughs> Bad. Bad. Okay. The animation looks crap. It's... um, when, when Who made it? Hollywood Road Films, which doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry.
3: <laughs> I mean, it, it made $1.1 million by the look of it, so not a commercial that seems success. Like a lot, because I think
1: this film is like a notorious bomb, but maybe they made, like, money on the video release.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: But Aladdin's better, right? And Return yeah. of Your is better than that.
1: Aladdin is a better film and made $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Aladdin is uh, one of the really good Disney films, which is not an original take. But there's that era, isn't there, from sort of Little Mermaid up to, and I guess you could include, like, Pocahontas and Hunchback and Notre Dame, which is kind of, like, Disney's amazing era. Mm. Um, even though... I think Contis and Hunchback are like I don't know. I
2: agree.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I saw a video, this isn't my take, but I saw a video essay someone did about Contis where they're like the problem with the character design of Contis is she has no personality and you can't even tell what race she is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like they've they've kind of made her face so flat and formless that like is this woman uh, a Native American? I can't mm, tell yeah. because they've kind of just created a flat formless sim yes
3: yeah, like they, they're like it. we're gonna do this film about native american but we've got to appeal to the mm. racists <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> exactly yeah have you yeah. seen pocahontas <laughs> 2
3: when she comes to london
1: oh, oh yes years ago when i watched a load of disney sequels i did see pocahontas 2 and it is obnoxious yes
2: <laughs> that's got problems i would say
3: kindly <laughs> yeah Rich, check it out. if You haven't watched yes. it? Yes. Oh, I'm never going to check that out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> tell you what's one of
1: the be- better Disney video sequels is um, the. There's a Cinderella sequel they did where it's from the POV of one of the sisters, right? Um, one of the evil sisters. Gives yeah, and it gives her like a character arc and a reason why she was hating Cinderella, and it, it's actually pretty good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it may, you know, it's one of those com- um, coming of age sees the error of her ways stories and I think it's quite good because I don't think Disney princesses did me any good growing up because they're they all kind of look the same mm. and they're all so pretty. And if you if you don't fit the mould, if you if you're never gonna look like a Disney princess, you're just gonna feel gross if that's all you're watching growing up. So I think it's good that they made a straight to video sequel that no one's seen where one of the sisters who are described like they're the ugly sisters. Yeah. They show her like a bit coming of age and being a good person despite her grotesque appearance kids <laughs> more uh-huh. disney princesses with big noses
3: <laughs> yes please
2: definitely all little ginger princes that's all i ask or as well yeah um yeah. i do have to quickly ask you about something and i've listened to the, the okay. nick helm uh, film quiz episode
1: oh yeah and you
2: yeah. spoke about you had a cat and that cat was yeah. Jonesy in Aliens. Is that true? Yes, is that true? correct.
1: Yeah, that's correct. That's um, incredible. So my mum You had a
2: film star. My mum is already. like a
1: Yeah, literally, there's nothing I will ever do that will match Like I could win an Oscar and I won't be as iconic as my own cat. That's that's something I had to come I'm to so terms sorry. with when I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> He's a, he is an icon of cinema. Yeah, it's literally just my mum trained a woman my mum's like a dressage trainer. Right. And she trained a woman who had this company that sell that sells gets animals for film TV and stage. Uh so her dog, this woman's dog, I think she sort of took over the company from her mother and her her childhood dog is in Oliver the musical wow. movie. Wow, right. So in the 60s that oh, was wow. her family dog. And yeah, so I'm trying to think what other things she's got animals for. She she's specialised in dogs. So because I worked for her for a while, so she got all the dogs for Legally Blonde, The Musical, brilliant, um, and Oliver in the West End. That when that was on about 15 years ago, we we would just drive up the dogs in a van because you have more than one dog to do different <laughs> bits in the show. Yeah, yeah. So there's like one dog yeah. that's good at running across the stage and one good dog that's good at being on the lead. It's really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um but yeah, she got she they needed a cat for uh Jonesy in the second alien movie. And she went and my, she Amazing. she was like, Anna, what is your would your cat hiss on Because that's what they were having trouble getting, and my mum went, Yeah, just get another cat out near him. So they did that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: movie magic. Brilliant. Brilliant. I can't so imagine my Jonesy. dog. I can't imagine my dog being in a movie. He'd just be useless and do exactly the opposite of what anyone <laughs> wanted him to do.
1: <laughs> would he do stuff for food? Because everything's done with food.
3: Yeah, probably. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> yeah,
1: literally, they get fed little bits of chicken all day and they don't give them lunch. So that the equivalent is a whole lunch through the day. Oh. And it is amazing what like the worst behaved dog will Do,
2: <laughs> do they get pampered a lot? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're treated did really your, Did your cat come back, say.
2: like, walking around like it's royalty?
1: <laughs> oh, he, he's a cat. He already thought he That's was a yeah.
3: <laughs> That is
1: true. His name was Boris. Oh.
3: <laughs> Bless him. Maybe it's something about the name that makes you entitled. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I used to think he was named after Boris Yeltsin, but he kind of predates it. He, he's... I think he would have been born 83. He is obviously dead now. Yeah, obviously. Um yeah. Boris, so I don't know where he got where my parents got the name from but I think they just thought it's a funny name. But for years I was like my cat is obviously named after Boris Yeltsin. What a funny thing to name a cat after and then My mum was like, "Oh no, no, no. It's not that's yeah, he predates Don't go around the, telling
2: the, other children the Boris
1: though. Yeltsin craze. <laughs> <laughs> What is your
2: best ever sequel? What was your pick for this?
1: Right. I think that the best ever sequel is uh, Scorsese's The Colour of Money, which is... People don't often think of it as a sequel Mm. because it's such a great movie on its Mm. own. But, um, yeah, it's uh, the sequel to The Hustler. Yeah. So so it's a a bizarre... It's a 1986 movie, which is um, a legacy sequel... Directed by Scorsese, who's kind of like him and Spielberg, I guess, are kind of held up as the greatest Hollywood directors. Absolutely. And Scorsese's career includes a legacy sequel way before Marvel was doing that kind of thing. Mm. So, uh, And Paul Newman uh, won an Oscar for reprising the role that he'd played in The Hustler, um, you know, nearly 30 years later. Uh, and it's Tom Cruise. And I I think it is brilliant. It is brilliant. I actually think it's better than The Hustler.
3: (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen The Hustler. Haven't you? I think I probably agree. I think it is better than The Hustler. And I think
1: I think it's I think it's just brilliant it's it's so accessible like if you've never seen The Hustler and you've a kind of a lot of people go oh, I've never watched a Scorsese I've heard they're just like really dark and bloody and it's like Scorsese no, Scorsese's so entertaining and I think The Color of Money is one of those like rollicking rollicking rides yeah. it's brilliant
3: it's the most unScorsese film though Yeah it's, it's this is a Scorsese light isn't it really
1: Yeah yeah I think it's a good intro yes. from
3: what I understand like Paul Newman kind of did most of the directing, and Scorsese just kind of like, yeah, was was around.
1: <laughs> I think there's like a yeah. I think there's because um, Scorsese's a weirdly unegotistical guy. Mm. He's kind of he like I I think I think one of the reasons his films are so brilliant and he gets such great performances from his actors is he creates a lovely atmosphere on set and a lovely sort of. A collaborative feel on set, and I, I imagine that played into it. Like, yeah, he saw Paul Newman go, "I've got this idea, this idea, this idea," and he was like, "Brilliant!"
2: Yeah, <laughs> I guess if Paul Newman asks you to direct your film, you're like, "Okay, that's I can do- <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
3: that's <laughs> yeah. <Newman>. yeah. <laughs> I read yeah. an article um, with uh, with Richard Price, who's the screenwriter they said, mm-hmm. oh, you know, how did you come about it? And he went, oh, well, Paul Newman wrote it, really. <laughs> it's just like, I just put my right. name to it. It's like, me, it's Scorsese, a, and Paul book, Newman just it? did it. as a Yeah, so it's by um, mm. Walter Tevis, the novels. And then the, right. it was adapted, the screenplay was adapted. And he, he basically said, like, me, me, Paul Newman, and Scorsese sat in a room and Paul told us what he wanted and we did it. <laughs> so... He's a legend. <laughs> Brilliant,
1: right. But he's, and it, it's great. And it's... A pretty trad formula it's you know we've seen it in the reboots of the rocky yeah uh franchise uh coming back it's you know here's that guy you remember who was young now he's old and gnarled and he's got to train up a new guy who's just like him from before <laughs> oh i love films like <laughs> and this. it's tom
2: cruise yeah yeah put that in my dna um when how did you come across this did you watch the hustler beforehand
1: no i loved i i like sort of i had a Media studies teacher when I was
2: 15,
1: hmm. uh, I was doing my A-levels. So I'm 15 and he showed us Taxi Driver in uh, media studies and my eyes went buying. <laughs> it's one of those films, because when you're 15, you hear the best music you're ever going to hear, hear and you see the best films you're ever going to see. Yeah. And I was the perfect age to finally see a film that made me go, this is a film for adults and it's amazing. I love Taxi Driver and I said to him... Well, what else can I? What else can I watch? I loved it. What else can I watch? And he thought, "Oh, brilliant! I can." I've got one here. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's like he can. He, he's a, he was an educator who loved cinema and he loved Scorsese, and it's like here's one of my students going, "What else is there?" And he gave me a stack of videos, not DVDs, but videos, and I saw Goodfellas, Casino, also um, was like there was a, a taped off the telly. Who's that knocking on my door? Which is the first. Scorsese film so I watched that and Mean Streets in the same night going
3: like okay
1: I see how he I see how he makes this stuff now (laughs) I see where it all came from and The Colour of Money brilliant yeah and The Colour of Money is is like like I say a film you wouldn't pick out as a Scorsese film yeah uh but it's but it is it it also it also is because Scorsese is he's such a cinema fan and he's such um he's he's really a genre filmmaker and he can take any genre and put his stamp on it.
2: Because
1: mm. people go like, oh, it's a shame he made Hugo, lol, lol. I think Hugo's great. I think I Hugo's like, a yeah, great do film. Do
2: not bring that yeah. anti-Hugo. It's beautiful. It? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think Hugo's great. I, think great. I don't think he's made a bad yeah. film, Scorsese, really. I that- mean, he's... he's- you try no. something different. Silence is a, another one that people might not like, but I think so.
1: Oh, yeah. A people are like, film. oh, I'll never get that three hours back of my life. It's oh. like, it's okay to not like something. It doesn't necessarily mean it was terrible. Yeah. Like, I only saw Silence once and that was enough. Me too. But I, you know, it's one of those films. It's like, did you enjoy it? No, I don't think it's there to be like, ah, oh, I'm really enjoying myself. <laughs> 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 but it got it gets under your skin same with The Irishman which I actually did really enjoy because I think I think The Irishman is funny uh, I saw it in a packed cinema you watched it in the them. cinema
2: five hours of it, whatever it is.
1: yeah so I watched it I saw it twice in the same week wow. once at the London Film Festival where the room was silent and people were making notes and then I saw it uh, a couple of days later, they showed it at the Prince Charles Cinema, yeah. in a you know in their big cinema, which I don't know how many it seats, but it must be like six seven hundred. It's a big old screen, and I saw it with my mum and my friend comedian Chris Stokes. And my mum had a big coffee beforehand because she was like, right, I don't want to fall asleep. Um, and she she was like, I just remember she was absolutely transfixed. She thought it was amazing, but the whole cinema was laughing at the. Um, like there's quite quippy dialogue mm. and and some stuff where these Scorsese's got a good sense of humour and, and yeah. Al Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa is kind of outlandish and funny and people laughing and it, it was like a really enjoyable way of watching the film way more than at the London Film Festival screening where everyone was silent, Yeah. and then the film finished and it critics. was like deathly silence in there. Yeah, it was just critics yeah. going. <laughs> um, but yeah, that for that screening at the Prince Charles, one of the best experiences I've ever had watching a film at the cinema. Wow. It's amazing. And then, and then the lights went up and my mum turned to me and my friend Chris and went. Ooh, <laughs> my goodness! Like that, it had really like it had
2: blown her away. <laughs> Have you showed your mum other Scorsese films since then?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one, the only one that she disappointed me, and and because she, oh. she was she was kind of like, oh yeah, it's good, but whatever. Was Taxi Driver because it got to the end, and she was like, oh right, and I was like, no, you're going to be blown away. And she <laughs> she just and she just went because the ending of Taxi Driver is he. He looks in his rearview mirror and you're like, oh, what the fuck's he seen? And then the film just ends. And my mum went, oh, bit of a nutter, isn't he? <laughs> Not very PC That's for such a, a
3: mum thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. you just seen the, possibly one of the most important films of all time. you're like, might-
1: Yes, yeah, like you define cinema, but don't worry about it, Anna.
2: Uh-huh. Did you find yourself just looking at her while you were watching it? Like, eh? huh?
1: That's Jodie Foster. I try not... I tr- uh, yeah? Uh? <laughs> Anna? you talking to me? Who uh? do you think that is? Yeah. Look at her. Uh, Harvey Keitel, yeah? Uh? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> nice to see Harvey Keitel in The um, the Irishman, wasn't it? When he popped up, I was like, eh? Uh. old gangs back together. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the color of money is—it's not a gangster movie. It's not. There's no De Niro. Mm. It's uh, it's just a a good old um, the master and apprentice film, which Scorsese has seen nineteen thousand different iterations of from twenty different nations because he's a collector of all films. He's seen every film ever made. He's like that. And yeah, it's um, it's great.
2: We have to talk about Cruise. (laughs) Um, were, you, mm. were you a fan of the Tom Cruise at that time?
1: Go when I was fifteen. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'd have even. Because he did like this and Top seen... Gun back oh, to back. Yeah, and I kind of I think I hate Top Gun. I know people love Top Gun, but i kind of like Oh, oh.
3: you make Dave cry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he loves. Sorry, Top Gun so Dave. Much. <laughs> it's just
1: nothing. It leaves me so cold. It was around that time as well. He made Cocktail, which is just a garbage movie. It's terrible. So I think The Color of Money is. Uh, was a good film for him to make. But the only film I think I'd probably was aware of when I saw Colour of Money like when I was fifteen, yeah. I'd seen Interview with the Vampire, but you know, mm. teenager teenage shoes, all eyes were on Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. fair. That's fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, he's aged he's aged well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we got Days of Thunder because of this movie because um yes. Paul Newman introduced Tom Cruise to like car racing and like inspired him to do mm-hmm. Days of Thunder. So, yeah, we've got, mm-hmm. we've got Paul Newman to thank for this, for, for Days of Thunder, <laughs> which is basically Top Gun in a car, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, five or six years later. Uh, do you think also he made him make, what's that film, Far and Away? Is that the film?
3: Oh, I don't think I've what's seen Far and the Away.
1: One, <laughs> it's like about the land grab, land rush or whatever it was called. It's a stupid movie. Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman are Irish, and their accents are like "be diddly dee, diddly do."
2: I actually think it's the one Tom Cruise film I've never watched. Yeah, I've never seen it either.
1: It's it one of those films sounds that sounds horrible. I think, Yes yeah, it's rubbish. I think we were taping something from the TV. it's sort of it would be like the mid nineties taping something, and then the and then that film was on straight after that program, so it was on a video, and because you had limited entertainment in the mid nineties, just remember me and my brother watching. <laughs> Far and away. <laughs> Quite a lot of times. It's also the reason I've seen way too many times for an eight year old Lorenzo's oil. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch Lorenzo's oil again and again. Like, stop watching this poor kid go through this, <laughs> and he's with his parents like struggling to find a cure. And, and yeah,
3: that's a harrowing watch for a kid.
1: Yeah, I, just, I probably maybe a bit older, maybe I was ten. But yeah, I was like, huh, getting in from school, going to watch Lorenzo's oil again.
2: <laughs> I was about to ask, was it the kids down the road? I had that on VHS. You were...
1: <laughs> want to go see Lorenzo? Yeah. Do you to... The honeymoons have said, do you want to come round and watch Lorenzo's oil?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was like yeah. that when we were kids though, right? Like you like, yeah. Netflix wasn't invented. Like I talked to my son about mm. a time before Netflix. And he, I swear he doesn't believe me. I was like we just had there to watch the no same There was no concept things.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's it. And, like, can you even imagine being a kid and going, like, not into it and turning it off? Just didn't happen. You mm. ploughed through whatever was put in front of you.
3: Even if Uh, you hated it, you watched it again and again. Oh,
1: (laughs) yeah, and if your parents, like, rented you something, Mm. you better believe you're watching it four times in a weekend because, like, it's gone. On Monday, it's gone. Yeah. You can never watch that again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just on your computer. We, We, um we had a video van that used to come around oh you had a, yes. a, rich I had a van I do you remember <laughs> yeah, yeah you had the video had van too. video rental van yeah and me and my brother would be like the video rental vans coming soon and we could go and pick whatever we wanted and so we rented one film and we watched it and you get we had it for a week we watched it all week but the sticker came off it oh
0: right
1: the top the top of the video the sticker with the title and everything so we and it got lost in the video machine <laughs> oh god we just didn't we couldn't find it so we stuck on a bit of paper with just the title written on it and was like, oh, yeah, sorry, the sick got lost. And they went, well, we can't rent it out without that, so you're going to have to pay for the film. So we paid rental and £10, which is why me and my brother paid £12 for Mr. Nanny.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Hulk Hogan film. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the film where ex-wrestler Hulk Hogan has to go undercover to look after some kids and the kids are literally... You know, like, in Home Alone... Mm. Macaulay Culkin's trying to protect his house from two adult burglars, who I believe um, it's canon that they're lovers. Uh, (laughs) So he's trying to to protect his house from two burglars, and so the act's quite violent because he's trying to protect his house. It's all very slapstick, but that's what he's trying to do. These kids are doing this to Hulk Hogan, their babysitter, who's not trying to do anything bad to them, (laughs) but worse. They're trying to do way worse to him, just as, like, pranks and stuff. It's awful. Like, they electrocute him. I, well, yeah, looking back on violent. it, Hulk Hogan
2: is a shit So, it's...
1: Yeah, to be fair, maybe they saw something we didn't mm, yeah. Do you know, there's a story about Hulk Hogan There's a guy uh, who was a fan of his Was in a restaurant and Hulk Hogan walked past And he went, oh, hey Hulk, how are you doing? Hulk Hogan went, I'd be a lot better If I had some of that sweet weed, brother <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. Okay. So that's fun, isn't it? That's a little insight into how Hulk Hogan feels.
3: I love the fact that you had a video van as well. You're the first person I've met. Yeah. I've, I've talked about this in the podcast loads of times. you the first living person man, I've met isn't it? who's talked about, yeah, talked about the video van coming around. I don't even live in a village. I live like a council estate in a town. Like, we a video uh-huh.
1: This is the other thing as well. Like, we had a video shop in our village. It was quite a it was quite a towny village. It wasn't like... Mm a beautiful British countryside village with no shops for miles around. We had a video shop, but the video van used to come directly to your house.
2: Yeah. How, so when they open the door to the back of the van, is it just like forward videos or can you get yeah. in the van and dig around a little bit or? Yeah, yeah, you in and like.
3: either side. Oh, right. that well, was like, the, you kind of opened up the side of the van, it had like a roller shutter on the oh. van. Oh. You'd open up the side and it was just all videos. Like a little like That's kiosk nice. thing. That's nice.
1: Yeah, that's quite fun. Ours was back doors opened, and you you could stand in the middle of the van and peruse either oh, side. That
2: sounds much better than yours, <laughs> doesn't uh... it? Yeah, it does. It does <laughs> <look better. laughs> so I'm gonna give you a question of colour and money. If they did a third one, yeah, how would you feel about that? Like the Tom Cruise uh-huh. taking up the Eddie role, like that? Senior yeah, maybe.
1: Um, okay, so Tom Cruise. There's no Paul Newman anymore, nope. but maybe they could use CG to make him appear in the uh, sky like Mufasa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> everything the cue <Q> touches <laughs> is a ball. <laughs> um, but he, uh, but uh, Tom Cruise would have to mentor like a street kid who was a girl.
2: Mm, yeah. Absolutely, it's yeah. like
1: girls and they like, girls can't play pool. <laughs> so Tom Cruise, and, 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 and like the pool bar owner is like, because you've got to see this kid, she's really talented. And Tom Cruise is like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> and then he has to teach a girl to play pool properly and not be such a bloody showboater. <laughs> and then he, he's like, she's like, well, what are you, made of your life? And he's like, trust me, a guy from my past... Taught me stuff you'll never know, and he's talking about Paul Newman, and we all tear up. We're like, oh.
2: <laughs> right itself, and it's called done, done. Yeah,
1: what could it be called? I can't remember uh,
2: the hustle, the feel of paper, um... <laughs> the texture of carpet.
1: <laughs> Turns out her mother's sick, and she's got to play pool to get her. Uh, oh my, my god, god. This it keeps hospital. getting better, and it's a comment on the American healthcare system. It's nice. so good. <laughs> Suddenly I'm into it. Like I'm like, Oh cool, it's got politics and it's left leaning I'm in.
2: <laughs> at the moment Tom Cruise is well into his legacy sequels and I feel like a part like this would really help yeah. him instead of him just throwing himself off cliffs right. all the time.
1: Yeah, there's no stunts required, you know, he's done crazy shit to his face so they could do some prosthesis where they've just put a big scar on him wasn't <laughs> it? Why don't people just I mean I'm I'm being I shouldn't be judgmental well, you know, why don't people just let their faces get old? But uh, because Hollywood is a nightmare and society is awful, and mm. youth must be preserved yes. above everything else. But like when I like people were slagging off Madonna for getting her, she got. They were like, "Oh, she's got this crazy big fake ass," and I went, "Oh, do you know what Holly, Hollywood and the music industry? It's terrible. I'm sure she has major issues around aging, but they they haven't been." created in a vacuum, like, maybe leave Madonna alone. And then I saw it and I went, oh, Jesus, what has she done? <laughs> <laughs> it looks crazy. It looks like just, it doesn't look like uh, an arse. It looks like a bit, it looks like um, a, like a PS2 game and you just put a big bleh. On the back of a Is character. it wrong if I
2: google Madonna
3: an ass now?
1: Yeah, no, look up Madonna's new ass and you'll be like, what hey. has she done?
3: She just shoved a cushion down the back of her trousers. That's what it is.
1: It does look like a big round <laughs> cushion. Yeah. It doesn't look like an ass and there's no way she can feel anything. It, that's how it looks. And she has faces like unrecognizably pillowy. Oh, you know. yeah, I think that's it. Yeah.
2: You found it, Dave. Well, there's a picture of. <laughs> I don't want to zoom in too much, poor woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's got to be like an element of... When you look at someone like Robert Redford, who's had nothing done, he's 87, and you just go, oh, cool, it's Robert Redford. But mm. then he does have the most amazing face to start with. Mm, so yeah. it's like getting old over a beautiful bone structure. So you, it shouldn't be like, oh, good for you for not getting mm. anything pumped into your face or whatever.
3: And Tom Cruise had loads of work done like in his 20s, didn't well, he? Well, look, look like, at him
2: in this. Yes. Yeah, he looks completely yeah.
3: different. different in this, doesn't he? Yeah, Is this
2: pre-teeth?
3: No, this is post teeth. Is
2: it? There's a picture. There's a picture here. And he looks like he hasn't got. Matt. It's not outsiders' teeth.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, it's he definitely <laughs> had work on his teeth because his one of his front teeth is in the middle of his face. Yeah. Rather than if you oh, look at right. it. Oh like, right. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, weird,
1: it's weird, isn't it? Once you've once you've been told about that, you can never see it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's but yeah, yeah previously, like his his teeth were all over the place, weren't they? Yes.
1: Um, Which you know like I don't know if dental work counts because uh, it's slightly different to going like hi. Make me look unrecognisable in some way. Face does not move. Yeah. You can always tell, can't you? When I've had people on Twitter have a go at me for having thin lips, uh, like when trolls, they're like, let well, find something about her face. Have uh, a go. I know, thin trolls. lips. And it's weird because <laughs> I actually don't have, I've got pretty regular mouth. <laughs> I don't have weird thin lips. It's just we're now so used to seeing people have like pumped uh, mm. collagen into their lips that... And you, but you can always you can always tell because there's always like a line where the injection is above yeah. the lips, so I would never get it done. It's because people just go, "Oh, she's got the line."
3: <laughs> yeah, we shared <laughs> some trolls for a bit because I um I work for a student <laughs> union and we put out a guide of how to spot uh, like gender critical ideology if you're a if you're a trans oh, student, and I've mm-hmm. never had so much abuse in in my life. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Like going, yeah
3: you realise this is students doing this. It's not just, it's not me. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't write it. Absolutely. But even so, I still stand by it. What are
1: you actually mad at? Yeah. yeah.
3: The
1: the GC, the C stands for crazy. They're (laughs) they're out of their minds.
3: (laughs) They are definitely. And
1: and it's, it's basically something that exists in a tiny pocket of society is blown up on social media and by the Mm. largely the British press. It's, Nuts! How much it's become like this, this fake mainstream. It yeah. which, and it isn't mainstream. People and don't. And all they care.
3: achieved by doing it was that one, I had to take all my personal stuff off of Twitter, and mm. two, I had I basically followed every trans activist I could find just to spite right? them. So they <laughs> yeah, exactly. basically like turned me from your bog standard middle aged white cis man into someone who's like firmly like supporting trans rights. So they had completely the opposite it. effect.
1: That's it. They're so... They're, oh, God. One came to my show the other night and I was like, have they... Because I'm, I'm, like, one of their main enemies because I'm yeah, a cis woman. Yeah, you get a lot, yeah. Who, and I never shut... Because uh, they were all like, women won't wish. And I'm like, yeah, good idea. I'll never shut the fuck up about it. So... Um, I, and I don't fit with their agenda because they're like, no, your men, I hate them the most. Uh, <laughs> like, well, sorry, I, I just don't because you people are awful. Um, but one of the, like the main ones came to my show the other night, but it turns out she was just a friend of someone in the audience. And I was like, we've had long talks, <laughs> talks <laughs> on Twitter mm. where I where she's like trying to create pylons for me and I'm not locking my account and I'm not backing down. Uh, but trouble is, and then she eventually blocked me. And the thing is, she obviously just doesn't remember because this has happened so many times. But it was um, Suzanne Moore. All
3: oh, right, I don't, I don't know who the that is. Gar- yeah, she's, like- she
1: was a Guardian journalist, I think. The Guardian. Oh, I
3: know, I do know who that is. Yeah, you're right. Either
1: she quit or the Guardian sacked her. Like, imagine being too transphobic for the fucking God. Guardian. But yeah, she, she. I was like, she's at the show, and the show has various songs where. Uh, the show's called Wrong Songs and it's by this guy, Richard Thomas, who wrote Jerry Springer, the opera with Shoot oh, yeah. Lee. And so it's he's, he's playing and I'm singing 75 songs. And like, loads of them are like, we've got one about Matt Hancock that just goes, stupid white cis cunt fucking his assistant. <laughs> and like, they Brilliant. hate, even just hearing the word cis for her will make her go like, oh. Um, and afterwards she just went, bye, that was like, thank you, very good. And I was like, oh, see, you won't even... You, you won't even stand up to your convictions and yeah. tell me off for saying stuff that's pro-trans in the show. Um it was like, not that not that I'm like, oh, that's annoying. She didn't even have a go at me. But there's yeah. no way she remembers who I am.
3: Well, I think people are big and brave when so they much. hide behind their computer, aren't they? And yeah. And then, that's it. Yeah. I find it. I find it a lot when people are big and brave, than hiding behind, behind the computer, and then they meet me, and I'm six foot six and three foot wide, and they don't tend to be so brave anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> Suddenly, they're not so keen to hit. But yeah. I'm five
1: foot one and sort of about just under eight stone, soaking wet. So there's, um, they could punch me. That's it. I swear up to people though. Um, I like when I see. I've done it a few times to because I think my size protects me a bit. I've seen like there was a big guy. Um, yelling at station staff this is about four or five years ago but he was like yelling at a a small black woman because the trains were cancelled because they always fucking cancelled and he was yelling in her face and I like I went my brain didn't go I must stand up for justice I went oh brilliant and I like (laughs) squared up to him and I was like oh you want to shout do you and I was calling him princess um, and he was like getting right in my face and I was like you're going to hit me princess you're going to hit me princess and he, he ended up just walking away and, but I think my size protected me there because yeah, I you think can be right. in his brain, he went, This is going to look bad if I punch a
0: five-one,"
1: <laughs> <laughs> And I walked away like, ha ha ha. But the thing is, I've been on the phone to my mum at the time and then just sort of taken, been holding the phone. And she went, What was <laughs> happening there? Yeah, what, and I was yelling at some bloke. He was yelling at a, a woman. Just um, Monday. He was, but he like he was yelling at a black woman, and then when a white woman stood up to him, he went, "Oh no, I don't want to fight."
2: <laughs> people are awful. Mm. Yeah, people. Are <laughs> Amazing, awful, isn't it? That's you take away, yeah, I lay the
1: worst. <laughs> <laughs> and my sequel be will be the next time I do that, which was <laughs> I think the same year. <laughs> Lots of terrible big guys out there. Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> on to terrible big guys <laughs> <You're>...
2: <laughs> mm. I think I'm the middle height so people will punch
3: me yeah.
1: <laughs> they will yeah they'll go for it <laughs> th- yeah
3: yeah I think you're your prime target Dave I'm afraid yeah I know. <laughs> also I'm, I'm highly sarcastic so that gets me
2: in a lot of trouble What has been your most disappointing sequel? So not your worst sequel, so it doesn't have to be a bad film. So you went in high and you came out low. You're not angry, you're just disappointed. Clerks 2. Clerks 2?
1: Yeah. Really?
3: Wow, Wow, I like Clerks (laughs) 2.
1: I loved it when I saw it at the cinema. I was 21 and I loved the original Clerks. Mm. And like 21, you were like, you're a good age for Kevin Smith. Having watched it again recently, I was like, fuck this movie. Really? Wow. Why? Yeah, I was like, they, uh, I, right. So, A, why are Dante and Randall working in a fast food place? They would be, they'd be office workers.
0: Mm. They're like
1: lower middle class. They're lower middle class white guys in New Jersey. They would have a really boring office job where they doss a lot. I don't buy this, this like wish fulfillment thing where they've got the Dante character. He's got the the hottest girl in school is now his fiance. And he's having a thing with Rosaria Dawson, who for some reason is the manager of a fast food place. She wouldn't be. She'd also be working (laughs) in this office. Um,
3: that's definitely the most the... unbelievable thing in any Kevin Smith movie, yeah, is that Dante <laughs> is going out with Rosario Dawson, come on, <laughs> yeah, two hot,
1: two hot women are like, we want him so much, um, I think that I think I really enjoyed the Elias character when I watched it at twenty one and watching it now. It's like it's it's really funny and really well performed. But it's like something out of a different movie Mm. that like the tonal shifts in Clerks are really well handled. And in Clerks, too, it's kind of like it's like having a road accident each time. Like, oh, what are we doing now? (laughs) Um, And I think the donkey uh, sex show is like kind of woefully unfunny and goes on for so long. So that's my thing. I think
3: you're probably right about everything you said. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just (laughs) ruined my life. At this point, I was like, but I like I'm really sorry.
1: I I have done this to people with several films where I'm like, let me tell you why I didn't like it. And then they go, fuck, (sighs) actually, (sighs) shit. (laughs) I don't just go. I don't go, I just think it's dog shit. I just think it's rubbish. Yeah. I am not like that about films.
2: Did you get show Clerks in your media class when you were 15 again? Was he- yeah, that's
1: how I got introduced to Kevin Smith. And I was, there's something so inspiring about the original Clerks. Yeah. If you see it, I saw it in like the year 2000. It had been out six years, I guess, at that point. It's there and it's so cheaply made. And it, it made me like write my own version of Clerks. That wasn't clerks, but it's like my version of clerks, yeah, yeah. you know. And they go, you can just. It never got. We never made it. But it's that thing where you go, yeah, you can. You could just make a film if you wanted to just make a film, just make a film. Yeah. And Kevin Smith is very good at going. P.S. I was incredibly lucky. It got picked up. This film could have been seen by nobody. It got mm. picked up by the Weinstein uh, Company. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we knew, <laughs> uh, and 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 luckily for Kevin Smith with their expertise, um, that company's expertise, they went, here's what we're going to change about it. We're going to do, um, I think, did they do another grading of it? I think so. So I it looks so, better yeah. and it's still in black and white, but it, it looks much cleaner. They changed the ending. They marketed it brilliantly and it was a very, very unlikely hit. Now the film he then made was more rats, which has a lot of the problems of clerks too. Um, it's,
2: it's my favourite. Oh God!
1: <laughs> I think I think it's entertaining. I do think Rats is an entertaining film, but there's again, it's like neither of these
2: women should want either oh, of these yeah. men. Oh yeah, hundred percent
3: agree.
1: With that. They're awful, the men. Yeah, it's you know, but it, but it it's a, a a second film. I think that Dogma remains a masterpiece.
3: Yes, agreed. Um, yeah. I
1: don't think he's ever made anything as brilliant as Dogma. I think Red State is really excellent.
3: Yeah,
2: that's one people haven't really watched.
1: Yeah, Red State was quite disturbing and I loved that he took such a swing and that was really brave, audacious filmmaking. Mm. Haven't really liked anything since.
2: Have you seen Clerks 3? How how do you feel about that? Do you know what I
1: did? With Clerks 3, I saw the trailer and went... And then I did something which I would never normally do, which is I read the plot synopsis, oh. and I went, "I am never watching this really? fucking movie." <laughs> oh my god! Rich. No way! I was like, "Kill,
2: kill, kill all of them! Destroy, <laughs> destroy!" <laughs> what point of the plot did you read that put you off <laughs> out of interest?
1: When they went, and they're going to make a film to oh, show yeah. Dante. Yeah.
3: yeah, like fuck
1: off, fuck off! <laughs> it
3: is a bit meta. It is a bit too messy.
1: Like, yeah, I think I I like that he's such a sentimental man, but everybody needs an editor. It's like when mm. Ben Elton made the right way. Mm.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think Ben Elton is a is a nice guy with his heart in the right place, and and the right way could have benefited from an editor. <laughs> have
3: you have you seen Clerks three or have you? No, no? I don't think she has, Rich. <laughs> no, I, I... no, you haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, it's.
1: Oh, sorry. Do you no, not? No, yeah, do I, have I given you a spoiler? No, 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 no. no we've not seen not at all. it
3: No, no, we've seen it. We've. You we've... have seen it. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. We went Did to the cinema and watched it. Yeah, because yeah. Love it's... is not the word I would use. I mean, come on. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a tubby, beardy stoner of a kid. Of course, I loved Kevin Smith. <laughs> like, <what else> <laughs> see, this is the other problem I've got.
1: I never smoked weed. I've never, I've, uh, okay. I've never even had one puff on a weed cigarette. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so for me, as Kevin Smith has become a stoner, I feel like I don't know because he wasn't a stoner before he made yeah, after yeah. he made Zachary, he started smoking loads of weed, hmm. um, which is uh, you know quite surprising to people who've seen the films. But I think like his approach to Jay and Silent Bob with him not being a stoner may, meant that I could uh relate to them more i don't know even yeah, though yeah, like get jane silent bob strike back is i don't think it's very good
3: <laughs> um <laughs> it's, not. it's not as bad as the reboot <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah that's it he's made another one hasn't he and I, I just think i don't know if being extremely high and people just letting you make your films and they mm. don't really touch them is always conducive to a brilliant career it's just my opinion, though. I don't think, like, I'm so above Kevin Smith at all. Or, indeed, Ben Elton. He's... Ben <laughs> Elton's amazing. <laughs> but he did make it the right way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think with Clerks 3, is it is exactly what you expect it to be. And it's it's meta right. and it's schlocky and it's sentimental. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, it's still finished. And I was like... oh. Bit sad now. <laughs> yeah, it did <it>, <laughs> right. bring a tear to my eye. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, right. It w- it worked on yeah. you. Yeah, it oh yeah, bright- Oh, sorry. Brian O'Halloran, I, he, I think he's just such an unengaging screen presence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he does when he's not playing Dante in Kevin Smith films. Like, what does he do? I don't know. Does he have rich parents?
3: <laughs> Maybe. I have no idea. Does Kevin idea. Smith just help
1: him out with an allowance? Because he can't get any other acting work. He's in, do you know, he's in um, The Happening, that terrible M. Night Shyamalan movie. Is he? Where oh, is he? plants... Yeah, the plants make you kill yourself. The wind. Yeah, he's in it. I'm not even sure he's got a line of dialogue because they cut it or you see him, but he's like in that car when, you know, they're in the car and there's a gap in the roof of the car and John Liguizamo sees it and he's got, why do I know this film so well? <laughs> but he, he's like, oh, there's a gap in the car. I think Brian O'Halloran is driving the car. Okay.
2: I can't but remember. You don't see I can't him. remember.
1: <laughs> like so I went oh he was in other films I mean he probably picked up a five grand check for being in that and mm. not even being seen but yeah yeah, that, yeah, yeah I he, mean he's not prolific I expect he but, he's not know. and he, I just don't think he's very good he's kind of got one style of acting which is nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Like he would just have a wife in the in Clerks 2 he would just have a mousy shrew wife who'd tell him off all the time um, and you know be written Quite sexistly, if it, but Kevin Smith isn't really like that. So instead, he's like going out with the hottest girl from school. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that she's an adult. Anyway, I'm I'm being horrible.
2: That's all right. I used to be
1: on the Kevin Smith message boards, uh, so I've spent like, I've made friends for life from the Kevin Smith message boards, and yet I'm I'm like, ugh, those movies. <laughs> but I do think Dogma is a perfect film.
3: Yes, it is, definitely.
2: What is your worst
3: ever sequel?
1: <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas.
3: Oh Creech. god, it's terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fast and the Furious, the Enchanted Christmas. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas, uh, is a straight to video Disney sequel. It's a you know, it's a cash in, the animation's not as good, blah blah blah. But it's kind of a midquel cause it, it's so it's kind of Beauty and the Beast one and a half, 'cause it covers just some, it's like deleted scenes from the film. Mm. Um, and it's just Beauty trying to make, it's a Beauty, it's Belle trying to make the Beast enjoy Christmas and see the magic of Christmas. But it dispenses with everything about the character of Belle from the first film. Mm. So in the first film, people often say, oh, Beauty and the Beast is a film about Stockholm Syndrome. Ah. But Belle spends uh, the majority of the film going, fuck this for a gamer soldiers. Like she doesn't, she doesn't fall for the beast because she just gets used to being trapped in there. Like she tries to escape a few times. She's only there cause she's like sacrificing herself for her dad mm. um, and the beast saves her life one time. And there's like character development in that bit. Whereas in Beauty the Beast, the Enchanted Christmas, she's like, oh, I just really want to make the beast happy at Christmas and it stinks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean there's a lot that stinks about this movie but it's yeah fabulous. that <laughs> yeah. <it> stinks.
2: <laughs> bad songs bad dialogue bad movie how did you watch it first time around was this you know video I say, van the mistake I made was
1: <laughs> no the mistake I made was watching it about five years ago
2: <laughs> so I was like I'm in my I'm in my 30s time to watch Beauty and the Beast the enchanting Christmas I didn't even know it was a thing until my wife brought it up to me <laughs> and she was like, she, unlike you, she watched it when she was little and she made her mum watch it like 4am one Christmas and it's it's magical oh, to her. Right. She's like, it's so brilliant. I was like, I've never yeah. watched it. And I was like, I don't think it's ever come to England. Obviously it might have done. And then eventually we found it on her uh, Yeah, page. probably just on video, right. Is your wife America? She's Canadian, yeah.
1: Canadian. I got a Canadian boyfriend. They're great. They're weird, aren't they? <laughs>
2: <laughs> she might hear, Sue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're a bit weird Canadians, aren't they? They're, they're, they've got... Um, They've got a kind of imposter syndrome built in because they like Americans, but not really. Oh, don't,
2: don't ever compare them to Americans, though. They, they don't take that well.
1: I, I'm not very nice to my boyfriend, actually, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> He's nice to me all the time. And I just go, you're like an American, but not really. Oh,
2: if I said yeah. that, oh, I'd be living on the street.
1: See, she, she's she got through her Canadianness.
2: Yes, she's been here... Ten years, <laughs> Ten years now. Ten years.
1: Oh uh, yeah. See, if you come here, then you realise, like, oh, Canadians are fine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's lower than a Brit. Let's face it. <laughs> okay. We're we're full of guilt, aren't we? Mm,
3: I'm so this sorry. is true.
2: <laughs> we love to kill.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm British and of Jewish origin. I'm like just full of guilt. <laughs> oh oh dear! What did I do? What did I say? And you're remembering things from 10 years ago and going, ah, oh, God. Yeah. Love to queue. We actually hate queuing, don't we? We hate like, it, but we're good at it. The thing that Brits love, we have to do it and we hate it. It's
2: like <laughs> a love-hate relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. But she, she, sorry, I've gone off. We've gone off. With, we keep doing this. Uh, she, yeah, she loved this one as she's little. And she, every year she makes me watch it. And I'm like, please let me, don't let me watch it. And then we bought it in HMV because <laughs> she saw it. And she was like, you told me it never got released here. And I was like, damn it. That she found <laughs> it. Oh, we can't watch it. It was never released here. And then fucking Disney Plus comes out and they put it on that as well now. So I really can't get away with yeah, so it. Now yes. And now you can
3: watch it twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i watched it at like 10 o'clock at night on my own
1: <laughs> you've seen it on your own did you yeah, watch was, it for like, this yeah i watched it for oh, this I'm yeah <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock at night what's the worst sequel you've ever had to watch for this podcast oh, well, uh, there's so many in different layers the,
3: yeah there are i think um uh rosie Holt's the howling two was pretty awful. Oh no. <laughs> like, oh, see I could close. have gone down that route. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's
1: it's kind of it's like having um sugar and acid pumped directly into your eyes and ears,
2: isn't it? With a big syringe like Yeah plunger it's weird though like, because all, Awful. The, all the voice cast are back and you've got tim curry yeah. as the bad guy so how can that be bad uh, yeah.
1: yeah yeah that's yeah, the other is. thing tim curry's <laughs> playing like an organ who seems to be in love with the beast it's weird right yeah and he's like yeah. driven him
3: mad <laughs> but also he can the organ i don't get the organ he complains bitterly mm. that He's an organ and he can't move about and he's mm. chained to the wall but he doesn't want to yeah. be back to doesn't want to turn back to a human again so it's he the whole thing trying organ. to be an organ despite hating yeah. being an organ. <laughs> he's like,
1: I think what? it's like, I yeah, it's like it. how I don't like being short. However, I'll never change a thing. <laughs> 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 me, and, me and Tim Curry and The Organ are like that. Same thing. <laughs> Tim Curry's such good value, isn't it? He plays every role like it's a dream role. His yeah. voice, even is, though he's just is playing an yeah.
2: organ. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. The animation of The Organ's just bizarre. Like yeah, It's <laughs> separate to the rest of the movie. It's like, okay, we're going to spend all this money on yeah. just on the organ's face but everything else everything else yeah, is yeah. like dog
3: shit.
1: <laughs> what year is it? Is it like 98? No, it's uh, the, inter- Beauty and the Beast in the and Chinatown Christmas
3: 97. 97.
2: 97.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're still early-ish days of
2: CG. They, I bet they thought that looked amazing at the time.
1: Yeah, and it and it will have been done on the cheap because it was like the cheaper wing of Disney was these video straight to video sequels. So, because nowadays the you can do pretty good CG on a budget, yeah. and if the like if the design is good and the talents there, then the CG will, can still look good. And it, and InvertCom is expensive, whereas in ninety seven you couldn't scrimp because it would just look like bad video game
2: graphics.
1: Mm. <laughs> and it,
2: it
3: it does it does yeah. <laughs> you,
2: so I'm guessing when you were young, you were a fan of Beauty and the Beast, or.
1: Oh, Beauty and the Beast is my favourite Disney animation. Oh, here we go. Um, and as someone who didn't really grow up with Disney films, <laughs> I'd like seen Little Mermaid and stuff, but the, we didn't own stuff like that. So the film I'd seen, my animation was Watership Down. Wow. Which I think explains oh. a lot about me.
3: <laughs> so we had
1: that on video.
3: That, so that's like, heartbreaking too. <laughs> so
1: when I saw Bambi, I think I saw Bambi when I was about eight, and I was not remotely fussed with the mother dying,
3: mm. you know. Yeah. When that bit happened, yeah. I, was,
1: I remember well, it's watching you've it. Been being, watching
3: and... Watership Down and Lorenzo's exactly. Oil on repeat. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I I have a distinct memory of watching it for the first time because it was in a class, you know, yeah, end of term. They're putting a film on, so we all watched uh, Bambi, and kids were like. Couldn't believe it, and I can remember looking around and thinking like, "This is just part of life." Yeah, it's sad for that dear, but this is just part of life. Having like never lost a parent or had a parent who'd been sick or anything, like. Yeah. Um. But I I do remember going like, yeah, 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 guys, the mothers died and then life goes on. so I think, but I think I'd like been trained by Watership Down, which the first time I saw. I was absolutely distraught. And I thought about it later in bed. I remember that night having watched Watership Down, thinking about it later in bed and sobbing.
3: (laughs) I'm not surprised. Like, how that got to be a kid's movie? Christ. (laughs) It's so (laughs) brutal.
1: But even the ending, like, the ending is the peaceful death of old age of our main protagonist. And it's so brilliantly done because you've seen this, you've seen Hazel, the main rabbit in Watership Down. Guide this these rabbits who are trying to escape their oppressive war and through and, and and oversee like the death of friends and so bravely fight for their space and then it cuts to Hazel as a very old rabbit and the god of rabbits comes down and goes, Hey come with me. You've you've done enough and they'll all be fine. And it is devastating as an adult and it works on kids as well. Like, I'm mm. thinking about it now going, like, fuck, man, that's emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and then they remade it for BBC, like, you know, as a four-part. Did they? Um oh, did they? Yeah, about three years ago, four years ago. I know. It's bad. Oh, it's, OK. It, like, forgets everything that was good about the original. It makes, it's, like, got a weird, like, rom-com element to it. It's crap oh. and completely unaffecting and I went Ugh. and it looks like it was P- PS2 cutscene. <laughs> oh okay. No wonder it's 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 really it, like it, they've messed up. We've an yeah. amazing cast as well like Olivia Colman's in it and
3: yeah. Oh, she's great. <laughs> it's like Beauty and the Beast yeah. the Magic Christmas all over again. Yeah. <laughs> the enchanted Christmas, sorry. <laughs>
2: the Enchanted Christmas. Did, did when you rewatched it the first time, was it at Christmas or was it just for your show you were putting on?
1: It was just for the show. I was like, I want material on Disney Sequels and then I found out that comedian Tom Tuck had done a whole show about Disney sequels and I went, Oh, I'll pare that bit down and I'll just do Return of Jafar. And apparently, me and Tom had some parallel points to *Return of Jafar*, which he brought <laughs> up with me, like I'd stolen his bit. And I was like, I hadn't. I like, I heard Gilbert Gottfried singing, and went, "That's terrible. I don't think uh, we're alone in that." <laughs> yeah,
2: that's bad. Oh wow, I wonder what he. Even There's made a of voice this one. you want to hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I yeah I should watch his show. I should watch the show because I'm sure he brings up and the v c Enchanted Christmas*. <laughs>
2: it, it probably was the last of its kind, wasn't it? Like. I can't see Disney. I don't
1: think so.
3: No, there was. um... I
1: think they kept making them. There's like Simba's
3: Pride. Well, we've Oh, God.
2: Someone's pitched, yeah, Nunchback. Hunchback of Notre Dame (laughs) 2. Bloody Nunchback. That's his Wario.
1: (laughs) The Nunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs)
3: Brilliant! <laughs> oh god, just created an evil character there, Dave. That- Was Imodo. <laughs> that
2: would have been better than the sequel we watched. To that as well. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's pretty. <laughs> it's really bad.
1: I'm trying to remember the sequel to Hunchback. I remember, like, my I just had a visceral reaction. To- I remember it. It's not. They- do they go on holiday or something?
2: <laughs> no, it's slightly racist, is what I remember. Um, again. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. That That's- makes that sense. That seems to
2: be the the theme of the the, the Disney Straits video Disney sequels is there's always a touch of racism or something there's something
1: it? slightly racist yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look up The Hunchback 2
2: yeah it, it had, they had a the Hunchback kids. of Notre Dame 2 Return to Cyberspace they had a kid and uh, The Travellers there's a
3: lot more Travellers oh no yeah it's, it's, it's not even as good as Dave's making it sound right now
1: oh um, he gets a girlfriend I remember yes
3: yeah he does get a girlfriend
1: 2002 okay.
3: it got delayed for about four years so it was actually. Oh. Yeah, I think Esmeralda's race changes like four times in the one movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's... it's Esmeralda, in it? What's she doing there? Uh, uh,
3: she's, she's married, married the to the prince first. guy, the, the captain guy, oh. whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, it's... And
1: it's Demi Moore. Oh, Demi Moore and Kevin Kline back. All yeah, the, they cast, are the back. cast
3: back. It's just really
1: Haley Joel shit. Osmond <laughs> as the son of Esmeralda and Phoebus. Well, he he he
3: was just
2: Disney's go-to guy because he's Chip in the Enchanted Christmas as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right.
1: Oh, poor Haley Joel. He's grown up to be a good lad, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Considering he, he was a major child star, very lauded, and he's grown up and he does like fun stuff.
3: Yeah, it's nice to see a kind of child actor be an actual human rather than... Like...
1: It happens so much more now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, these child actors, they've been like well looked after and they grow up quite nice. That kid in room, I think he's going to be all right.
2: It's <laughs> a <laughs> <To> dif- <laughs> different era now, I think, hopefully. It is,
1: yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not uh, Julie Garling-ding them anymore. Oh
3: my my wife's still blames you Dave for for us watching Room. She's like, You recommended we watch Room and she's oh, like, it's this, so, is the, it's this is so the this is the most harrowing thing I've ever seen film, in my life. It
1: <laughs> is. Oh but but uh, uplifting ending.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But she she like she you know, won't if even you think if you're about listening it. and you're going like, Oh
1: it is devastating though. There was a <laughs> I watched Room. Obviously you've got the, the middle section, I mean, no spoilers if anyone's like, Oh I've gotta watch this crazy movie. The yeah,
3: the
1: the middle the middle section of room where the kid is trying to carry out her escape plan. I watched. I watched it at home. I didn't see it at the cinema. And I was. I suddenly realised I'm standing up. I was standing up and like doing it along with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I yeah. was just like,
3: "Oh." We watched it, and I was like, "That is a great movie." And my wife looks at me and like, "Why did you make me watch this?" And I was like, And <laughs> like, well, uh, you it was have good. a kid
1: as well." Yeah. Yeah. You, did you have kids at the time?
3: Yeah. Yeah. He was really little right. then as well. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah, I can imagine it hits different if you've mm. got kids. Yeah. Because my mum was devastated.
3: What's the Ewan McGregor thing where it's like... The, the Impossible. The... Oh, The Impossible. Oh. I remember having to turn that off. I Is watched that, that when the he was about six months old. that one set
1: in Hurricane?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tsunami. Like a hurricane in, or a away? Yeah, a in Sri Lanka, wherever it was. Yeah, I watched about yes, 20 of minutes of it and had to turn it off. I was like, nope, that right. can't do it. Right. That's, that's <laughs> a great I don't <laughs> care
1: how happily it ends. I just yeah. can't. Just can't.
3: Can't watch kids go through this. Like, sorry.
2: Oh, (laughs) my God. Yeah. I've got a next question for you. It's kind of opposite to the disappointing question, which is, Mm -hmm. Is there ever been a sequel that has kind of flipped? So you didn't like the first or second one, but then you came around to it in the end.
1: I think I I already said about the third Aladdin film, King of Thieves, Mm. and the third Cinderella sequel, uh, which I can't remember the name of, but they're like surprising. They've been made with a surprising amount of care and imagination because actually the worst beauty and the beast sequel isn't the enchanted christmas but it's more fun to talk about um and it's more annoying the most the worst disney uh sequel is probably Belle's magical world
2: which is um (laughs) i've never heard of it
1: it's barely a film it's four little stories and it's just Belle going oh here's another one of the little stories and that is for tiny children i think
3: i've seen that God I think, <laughs> I think I think my son has watched that. <laughs> right.
1: It did but the reason it's so bad is cuz it's just so half-assed. Like yeah. they have they've barely bothered. But uh I think Disney, Disney's The Enchanted Christmas is more is more of a fuck you to the original Peter <laughs> and Beast than Belle's Magical World. Um but like the there's the occasional Disney sequel that has been made with like Someone quite thoughtful has put together the story and screenplay and been allowed to follow through with that on the screen, even though a lot of these Disney sequels are. You just put any old shit on the kids or the parents will buy it and they haven't done that in those... There's the only two cases I can think of. I don't know, I can't think of other good... Disney sequels. <laughs>
2: it doesn't have to be Disney sequels. Be, yeah, be- yeah,
1: oh any, other good yeah. sequels. A- I mean Aliens, obviously, is an amazing sequel. Um But did you like the first one? They...
2: Did you come back to it?
1: Yeah, yeah so it's oh, like maybe yeah. maybe you didn't a- like Alien. the first
3: one. Like we did not like, like the
1: first one and okay.
3: So we call it like the, the fast and furious question because a lot of people right come to Fast and Furious yeah. at like five rather than like yeah.
1: Gotcha. <sighs> Uh,
3: this is the toughest question. I we honestly are. can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I can't is. think of anything. Um,
3: but you're right, like Cinderella three and stuff. That is kind of a because obviously two would be terrible, and you come yeah, back to three. I can't even good, remember and, what two
1: was, but I, I, the the third one sticks in my mind. I think it's like three's
3: called a twist. Call cool for time. like.
1: Twist, oh, so I, yeah, I think you're twist, right. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, no. I know. I've just, I was just been googling better, like better. Cinderella <laughs> movies. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that does sound about right. Good
2: example of this is like either the Bonds or the Marvels or DCs or anything that's like franchising. Yeah, I you know, oh, fucking gotcha.
1: Man. Yeah, I, again, I'm not really a. I, I haven't really got into the Marvel films. I remember liking the first Iron Man film, and then like going this what there's fucking 30 of these I am watching all that <laughs> yeah I've got time for that uh, well is it I'm happy for you though or sorry that happened <laughs> is, that, um, is that mean um, yeah um, I apologise. I apologise I can't think of anything I guess the colour of money would be my example <laughs> no that's a like, great wow point. this is brilliant oh it's a sequel I'll watch the original yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, well let's move on to the uh, the dream sequel then <laughs> What is your dream sequel?
1: Okay, so it's Scorsese's The King of Comedy.
3: Nice. It's nice. a great choice.
1: The King of Comedy, which is coming up on forty years old. Really? It's and mad. holds yeah. up. Yeah, next year it'll be forty years old. And it holds up better than ever. Like, oh shit. Every time I watch The King of Comedy, I I like, oh, it's it got better. How mm. did it get better? <laughs> um uh, if, for people who haven't seen The King of Comedy, De Niro plays uh, this guy who wants to be a stand-up comic called Rupert Popkin and he is, he's obsessed with a chat show host played by Jerry Lewis and he waits for his autograph after shows and stuff like that and he really wants to be a stand-up comedian and he knows he'll be just brilliant at it but he's never done a gig mm. and one night he manages to get a conversation with Jerry Lewis and he's like look I'm 34 years old that was depressing the last time I watched it I'm 34 years old it's getting to the point where it's too late Um, and I know that I can do this and I just need someone to give me my big break and Jerry Lewis very kindly says to him look send your tape of your stuff to the office and we will definitely get someone to listen to it and if we like it you'll definitely be on the show and De Niro, and he says that to be kind and to get this guy out of the car. Yeah. And De Niro gets obsessed with this, and he's recording himself at home doing his stand-up, and then playing laughter off a tape. Um, and it's, and he's friends with like a stalker of Jerry Lewis, played by Sandra Bernhardt, brilliantly. Brilliantly. And yeah. they end up hatching a kidnap plan. They kidnap Jerry Lewis to to make him put. That you know, the ransom is they have to put De Niro on the show to do his mm. stand-up, and it's it's a lot like Taxi Driver, it, like he's a kind of Travis Bickle s character, but this my spoiler is the ending is he does get to go on the show, and he's a hit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like they love his hack bad comedy, and yeah. he beco- he goes to prison for the kidnapping and comes out a huge star. Um, I want to see what this guy's doing 40 years on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is my question. Like, the end. Yeah. Is he a huge star or is that in his head? Like, I have
1: always, the... always taken this at face value. Uh, really? I really? I do believe, yeah. I do believe the film is um, cynical enough that it goes, yeah, it happened. Yeah. Because look at what's happened. Look at what happens now. Look at Kyle Rittenhouse. That guy's not even fucking funny. That guy mm. is famous and a hero because he shot two people and they died. shot three people and two of them died. Yeah,
0: yeah. That is
1: all he is famous for. He has no charisma. He's not even handsome. Like at least De Niro's handsome. <laughs> um, <laughs> like this guy, Kyle Rittenhouse has fucking nothing. And he's got people like Tucker Carlson meeting him and giggling with delight. Mm. People now, yeah. people now love it. <laughs> they don't care if someone's talented or fun or anything, just so long as they own the libs. And that's what mm. I think. That's what we'd see. Forty years on, there's Rupert Pupkin, age seventy-four now, yeah, and he'd be on right-wing shows, going like, "Well, vaccines aren't real and QAnon," and I think that's what we'd be seeing. And they and, and he'd be like a, a hero, free speech comedian for the yeah. for the alt right who are now just the right. They're not even called the old right yeah. anymore, are they? Because that is what the right is now. Rant, 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 rant. <laughs> no,
3: enough. you're right. You're totally yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> As in, you're correct, not right. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I'm, I'm if, uh, like, according to the centre, I'm the crank left because uh, uh, I think sharing
2: is nice. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> uh, would you uh, get a Scorsese back? Would that be your pick for a director? Absolutely. My God, can you imagine?
3: I can't imagine anyone asking yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't think of anyone else doing it, and uh, and I think the Joker has shown us that. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the Joker? I hate Joker. Yeah, I fucking good. hated Joker.
2: Good. Oh, I'm so glad you
1: guys hate it. I, I, could, I, and I was excited to see it because that first trailer, set to um, send in the clowns, I was like. Oh, fuck, man, this is going to be good. And I watched it. I mm. went, oh, cool. So, this is a film for people who think Taxi Driver is to be taken at face value. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, it's so. basically like, yeah, Joker is basically someone who's seen Taxi Driver and King of Comedy and gone, oh, I could copy that. Oh, right. I
1: could remove all nuance mm. I could and do that, make it worse. so this guy is a good guy and not even an anti hero. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. the
1: bit, my favorite bit in Joker, and it really, it, this bit really pisses me off. You know, he's got his. Um, counselor who he meets with
0: mm.
1: like she's a mental health professional we see her at the beginning and she's like almost rolling her eyes at him and then later on they meet and she goes oh, i have to tell you something joker <laughs> he's <laughs> not Joker. i have to tell you something joker they're shutting down this whole department and then she goes they don't care about people like us and i when i first watched the film i went hang on you don't care about him that was the whole yeah. point of your character 40 minutes ago Oh, Also, any any woman watching that film has gone the second you see him on a on a date with his neighbour. You'd go, well, this is all in his head. <laughs> <laughs> any, I just went, I I just went, oh, it's a fantasy sequence, and we're meant to believe it is. And then later, when it's like big reveal, it was a fantasy. I was like, oh, I see, we weren't meant to think that from the
2: off. <laughs> Which is pretty much stolen from King and Comedy, right? That whole
1: right, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, uh, It makes me angry, Joker, because I think Phoenix is great in it, but I think the whole yes, oh, he's working his he's working his ass off. Yeah, (laughs) he's working. But the elements around you, it's like oh, I watched before I watched Joker. I watched uh, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. King of Comedy was Mm -hmm. the first time I watched Mm -hmm. it, and I thought, oh, that's a brilliant film.
1: Isn't it amazing? It's so underrated. Yeah,
2: (laughs) especially it's an underrated Scorsese film. Like when you're mentioning his films, is you're like oh, good les and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ray Javon mm-hmm. no one mentions King of Comedy and they should do because Mm-mm. also King of Comedy is under two hours long and it absolutely mm-hmm. flies through it it does fly through it yeah, yeah. that's it, true it's a brilliantly yeah. balanced movie um, and, yeah. and De Niro is so just, funny oh it's magic
1: he is it. he's brilliant he's so good and he 100% because I'm a comic I've been a comic for nearly 14 years and he absolutely nails the desperate, deluded, open micer, Yeah. Like, how he knew what they were like in in 2022, in 1983, even though he wasn't even a comic. (laughs) I don't know how he knew, but somehow he's absolutely nailing it. And when he goes on at the end and he's doing this, uh, like, TV-friendly, semi-disturbing, really hack comedy, and it's nailing it, I was like, fucking, uh, yeah, he would as well. People would love this shit. Because you're fully expecting him to go to pieces when he goes on stage. And then when he nails it, you're like, oh, yeah, TV is disgusting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Was this one of the pile of VHSs that your teacher gave you again?
1: This is one that I actually ended up buying myself. I had to order it. I remember going into, oh like our price Steve. <laughs> i went to our price so i was like hello i would like to order the king of comedy please and it was only available on vhs so i had to wait like three weeks for it yeah
2: yeah
3: but it was all around that time yeah i think i did something similar yeah. to you and i went through a kind of scorsese phase at about 16 15 16 that kind of time mm-hmm. and yeah watch right. this as part of and i think i think i had to like order it from like HMV yeah. or it could have been our price. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, just have I mean, I had it. the same thing.
1: <laughs> I had to pay like. It was like if eighteen pounds or something in yeah, yeah. year two thousand money,
2: <laughs> crazy amount of money. And I remember
1: holding it all day. I was at sick form and I was holding it all day and looking at the box. I couldn't wait to get home and watch it. Whereas now, kids today, you just even if you had to buy it now, you'd buy it for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime and just watch it straight away. Yeah. There's no like waiting for a film. You <laughs> it, it
2: was so hard to find back in the day. This film, like you said, and now it's just on yeah. Disney Plus. There it is. <laughs> It's, it's, it's so Disney weird. Plus, King of Comedies on Disney Plus. <laughs> this was definitely one of the harder ones to find. When I think we've all talked about our cinematic awakening. And mm. like you said, when you learn about Scorsese, you can easily find the raging bulls, the taxi drivers,
3: the, the yeah. goodfellas. But, this made absolutely no mm. money at the box office, didn't it? It made there was a commercial no, flop. No, I can like, totally
1: understand why people just didn't get it. Because I think people are a lot more savvy nowadays to this sort of inside baseball like cynical look at how how tv comedy works how the entertainment industry works because the film is really dark but it's so funny like i Mm. can't even begin to describe how much it makes me laugh when de niro just it's so awkward as well when he just won't leave
2: the uh, the (laughs) i'm fine thanks (laughs) for asking (laughs) that line
1: yes (laughs) yeah and he's like, and he's got his little stock lines that he uses, and the the people who work there are just like, oh, because he goes in for people who haven't seen it. He goes into the offices when he hasn't had a response on his tape, and he sh- he shows up and goes, "Hi, um, I was hoping I'd hear about my tape," and they're like, uh, "Well, yeah, don't worry, someone will get back to you." And he just goes, "Oh, wait," he just won't yeah. take the social cues, <laughs> and he's just waiting there, and he get yeah. ends up getting dragged out by security. And
3: yeah. I actually think uh, like, uh, like jerry lewis is great like yeah superb just incredible as the kind of oh my god talk show host he's got everything but kind of hates it and you know yes and he's kind of he's he's kind
1: of not he's he's not a very nice guy no like the character is like not particularly we don't love him he's you know but you totally get why he's like terrified (laughs) do you know he's also brilliant in the film it's um it's De Niro's real-life wife playing the girl from high school. Oh, when they end up at the house,
2: it's just... Oh, so great, so scene. good.
1: She's hilarious. And her name's Diane Abbott. That always <laughs> cracks me up. Uh, <laughs> everyone called Diane Abbott is amazing. There you go. Um, she, she, yeah, they, so he, he goes and finds the... Like, what was she, like, prom queen or something at his high school? Yeah. And she's no. now a barmaid and she's... Like him in her mid 30s, she's clearly like down on her luck and pretty unhappy. And she sees him and he's like, Oh, it's you. But then when he says, I know Jerry Lewis, then she's like super into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's-
2: <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. It's weird how we're, you're rooting for the the the, the, the what, Rupert's character as well. We're like, We really shouldn't be, yeah. but we're kind of like, "No, Oh, I hope this plan works. And he's so proud oh, of it great. When, he, when it works. He's, he's turning the TV. That's like, it. It's kind of yeah. Um, I'll go to prison now. But we're look. so
1: conditioned. We're we're so conditioned to root for the underdog, and that never has that been clearer to me than a few weeks ago when. The worst World Cup ever is on. Like I And I love international football. It doesn't really go with my personality, but I do love it. And this World Cup, I was like, fuck this World Cup. Like, what were they thinking? And then I just saw that Saudi Arabia were beating Argentina. I went,
0: good for them. <laughs>
1: yeah. What's wrong with me? And all it is, is they weren't expected to win a match because they're not a good team. Yeah. Mm. And I'm there going, good for you, Saudi Arabia, beating the titans of Argentina. Like... Fuck off, Suze. <laughs> you don't always have to root for an underdog.
3: Those were Suze Kempner's Unequal Sequels. Oh, lovely stuff, Dave. Good old-fashioned fun, that, wasn't it? It was, it was. And we should say, you did very well holding it together, because I don't know if anyone would out there would notice, but Dave had a massive migraine recording Yeah, that. I had a little um, headache beforehand, And I thought, this is just because I had a bit of Baileys the night before.
2: Uh, (laughs) And then, in the middle of it, God almighty, uh, it just hit me. You know when light hurts and everything hurts and you just want to shut your eyes Mm. and find a a hole to hide in? Well, that's how I felt. But the episode was so brilliant and so good, I was like, I'm going to stick this out. You soldiered on, man. You soldiered on. And I was forgetting films left, right and centre. I was just a bit slow. I wasn't, you know, firing all cylinders. But Suze and you were. So it's brilliant. Suze was great. She's so funny. So funny. So funny. So knowledgeable about movies as well. Her history, you know, watching Scorsese films in like media studies. I mean, I wish I was watching uh, films like that in media
3: studies. I didn't even have media studies at 15. (laughs) And it shows, right, with her brilliant choices. Yeah. um, So, Colour of Money, fantastic best sequel.
2: A lot of people don't know it's a sequel, I don't think, because they don't know it's the sequel to The Hustler. I've never seen The Hustler, but I do know it is a sequel to it because... Obviously, Scorsese uh, and Tom Cruise. I'm a bit of a completist on both those two people. If you haven't seen The Hustler, go and watch it. I'm going to go watch it now. And yes, this is a Scorsese film, which people seem to also forget because it is... Not that Scorsese like,
3: is it really? No, no, it's uh, that's true. It's very, it's not, it's not a very, it's you wouldn't watch it and go, Oh, that's definitely Scorsese. Yeah, he's not got the kind of tropes that he has in his other movies. In this one,
2: it's also a great way to to find out more about Paul Newman and all his
3: fantastic films. Uh, Absolutely, man's a legend, completely. Yeah, and uh, talking of talking of legends, (laughs) the uh, a a worse sequel, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. What an absolute pile of turd that is yeah
2: when I tell my wife that she picked this and I didn't tell it it was the worst straight away she's like ah. I was like for the worst and she's like how dare you because <laughs> she's a big fan of this she watched it a lot when she it was stinks, younger and I've ma'am. watched this a lot now <laughs> and I've tried to convince her that it, it wasn't released here in this country but pff, according to, apparently it was
3: Well, yeah, you've been done now. Yeah, I have to watch every uh, year. It's
2: awful. The animation's awful. It doesn't make any sense. It's just shit. It's a mid-quel, not a sequel. It just makes me Mm. angry.
3: You told me, before we watched it, that it was only 45 minutes long, and that was a lie, isn't it, Dave? Yes, it is. It's an hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) Which is an hour and 14 minutes too long.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, And at least we got it back on track with uh, the
3: dream sequel, which was King King of of comedy. Comedy. Oh, it's Such an underrated film, that one, isn't it? Again, another Scorsese film that's not a very Scorsese like film. Yeah. You know? But it, it's one of his better ones or best films, I think. And oh, absolutely. De Niro absolutely is insanely good, isn't it? I mean, this, this makes it into my top 10 movies list just because of the way that De Niro says Rupert Pupkin he's so like... good I'm, I'm well thanks for
2: asking no one asked <laughs> yeah. you Rupert but uh, I I I appreciate his game because nowadays that will get you everywhere because it's not what you know it's who you know and Rupert True. really tries to work that system because uh, he he's does. you know yeah. he's never actually done any stand up in his life any routines apart from in his basement to his fake audience but uh, I would like to see a sequel now and I like how we were both different to how we viewed the ending to Suze who Took it on face value, but I think me and you think that's his head, right?
3: That's that's his head. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think you can watch it both. I can see it how it works both ways. absolutely. That's why it's so clever. But for me, for me, I think it's probably in his head, like some of it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think maybe he gets on TV and he goes down well, but then all the rest of it of getting fame and glory and stuff afterwards is is in his head you see i don't think he gets any of it i think it's all in his head oh really you think all yep. of it's in his head yeah okay that's the interesting thing though right yeah there's there's so many ways to take this movie that's why the film's so good yeah and talking to things that are so good perfect uh, perfect. Uh, oh uh, my god uh. we're getting so good <laughs> Talking to this, we are getting so good apart <laughs> the fact i just smacked my microphone when i was getting excited um <laughs> but back onto things that are so good We're now at the end of series four, essentially. We've got a Christmas episode coming. But otherwise, that series four wraps up. All of the other episodes, if you haven't listened to them, go back to the beginning of series one and listen to all of the interview episodes because they are so good. They really are. I know I'm biased, but they are really good. Then there's also all the extra little episodes as well in between. Loads of those. Whilst you're there, hit the little auto-download button. Hit the... Uh, the subscribe button and we'll drop into your pod player of choice every single week. If you do want to support us, then you will be able to find us on another slice.com forward slash unequal sequel where we've got a subscription service for $2.99 a month. And you can get loads of extra content It's like sequels on our interview episodes and a few other bonus features and things we're putting on there. Trying to put stuff up there really regularly so you've got something to get stuck into. More of me and Dave, if that's your thing. We know times are tough. And 2 dollars a month is not nothing. So if that's not something you can afford at the moment, that's no problem. This will always remain free. This main podcast will always stay free. You can support us for absolutely gratis just by giving us a little like, a little five stars, a little rating, tapping us out a review on your pod player of choice. And we would really, really appreciate that. We'd love it. Also, if you don't want to do any of that, if that's, that's too much for you, just mention this to a friend. Just say, hey you like movies, check these guys out they're great, that's perfect we'll love that forever, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us how great you are maybe you agree with Suze, maybe you disagree maybe you're glad we finally got some good movies on the podcast potentially then let us know, get on Twitter or Instagram, we're at Sequel, or you can send us an email com, and we'll read out all of your replies and responses in our monthly roundup coming at the end of the month,
2: perfect I love how you say that we're always going to be free, but if Spotify ever offer us like a hundred million
3: pounds, what what do we do, Rich? We will still be free. Oh, my God. Okay. We've got to stand up for our principles, Dave. Come on.
2: That is true. Uh thank you all for listening. Go check out another slice. Uh Rich made a promise on there the other day, so we have to do a film this week. Uh oh yeah, we do, don't we? Yes, we, we do. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. You can't make a promise, and I released it, so it's there in the world. So oh, thank man. you for listening there. Uh Rich, have you got anything else to say? Nope, I'm done. It is no, I'm also done. So it is a shalom from me. Nice. Happy right. Hanukkah. Apparently that's by in Hebrew as well. So i you know, I learn something new every day yeah. and it is a bye-bye from him
3: bye
2: we will see you next time it will be nearly christmas so have a it good one will... yeah it will yeah, yeah. bye-bye <laughs> do you think people will notice that was our second attempt at recording this because that was so much better than the first one
3: <laughs> so well, i imagine better. It was better than the first one because you picked the right microphone this time <laughs> Hey, that's not my fault. It was the camera's fault. I'm not taking blame for that. Everything, everything, everything pointed
2: to this microphone. Anyway, (laughs) bye-bye.